Welcome to Purposely Bossing Up, where we talk about bossing up in business, but we always talk about bossing up in life. Girl T, your host for this episode of Purposely Bossing Up. Today we have Kenny Jones on our line, but let me tell you a little bit about Kenny. Kenny is a motivational speaker, he's a life coach, and he's an international best selling author, the source for your personal growth. He specializes in helping people basically identifying and achieving their personal goals by coping with issues that are causing them to seriously stress. His goal is to empower all people to embrace their negative times and just live life to the fullest. I want to introduce everyone to Kenny Jones. Hey, Ken. Hey. Hey, T. What's going on? (laughs) I just thank you for that intro. For those of you all who are listening, T is such an incredible just resource. She didn't even, she came up with that intro on her own. (laughs) (laughs) this just goes to show you that you know you're just really in tune with those of us that are trying to create better purpose and watching you grow and so thank you so much for for having me on your uh podcast i'm so excited i am super excited but of course this podcast is called purposely boston up what is your definition of purpose Oh, wow. Purpose is such an interesting word for me. There's a lot of different connotations that come with the word purpose, particularly because I grew up in Virginia and in the Black church. And so what the word purpose sounded like in Reverend Webb church (laughs) sounds different than what purpose sounds like sort of in my career. And then what purpose sounds like in life. I like to live life. I very and and we'll get into this I'm sure a, a little bit later but I've I've come to a point in my life where I feel like there's no one definition for anything. And I think that that's the biggest barrier when it comes to a lot of people's uh, you know come up really because they 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 only operate in sort of one mindset. So to me, purpose for the sake of conversation is really understanding how to chameleonize yourself into mm. different situations, right? And so maybe today my purpose is to talk to you about bossing up, right? And right. maybe yesterday my purpose was to meet someone who has never been to college and wanted me to give them some advice on how to do that, right? And so it's understanding where you are at the time of your life um, and the moments that makes the most sense for you. I love it. You a chameleonize. I like it. <laughs> I, I love it. Word I love it. Yes. We out here being chameleons. We have to learn how to mold ourselves in the situations that we encounter in life. And Very that true. is just like something that is so important. But when you can't chameleonize, oh, I'm going to be using this during this episode, chameleonize <laughs> yourself, you get stuck. You true. completely get stuck. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to be touching on some of those things later on. So I also want to know, how did you find your life purpose? Like, how did you know this is what Mm. you want to do today? So, that's an incredible question. 
you know, it's 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 interesting because it, it took a lot of falling down. It took a lot of falling on my face. And then when I say falling on my face, T, I mean falling on my face. The problem that I kept encountering was my insecurities and mm. me wanting to be liked. Particularly when I was younger, going through college and even starting in my entrepreneurial journey, there was moments where I was like, I just really have to find a million followers because why people for some reason felt like that was this level of success. And then one day I was like, you know what? If I can change one life, then I have been successful. There's no such thing, in my opinion, as this destination called success. There's no plane that we can get on and fly three hours and someone is going to say, and now we are descending into the destination of success. Mm. It is the definition by which you find it. And so, yeah, there were moments in my life where I did not do as well as I maybe wanted to do. There were moments in my life where I was homeless I didn't have a dime to my name, no savings account. Um, there was a time in my life where I was 400 pounds. Uh, and, and, and those were moments where I just sort of was like falling on my face. And that is how I found the me that I am now. And, and really silencing people's thoughts. And so I like, there's this, this, this chapter in my book where I talk about winter is coming. Um, and for those of you all who love Game of Thrones, you understand that this is a, a reference that talks about that there's going to be a negative time that's coming your way, no matter how much you prepare. Regardless of how much positivity you spew out in the, in the world, winter is coming for you. So if we as the Earth's inhabitants, right, if, if there's a moment where we have to experience the season of winter on Earth in all of its glory, what makes us any different as people? Yeah. So... That's how I arrived at this life's purpose is really falling on my face and owning that there's always an opportunity to bounce back from that. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> falling on your face is real. It is. It is. And it's, it's interesting to you because, you know, resilience is one of those descriptors that you typically don't hear people talk about. Right. right. Because it means that you have to own something very negative and shameful. Yeah. But there's power in shame and, and falling on your face is sort of where people love a redemption story how many times do we look at something on netflix and we watch it and then we're on the edge of our seat because we don't know if the person is going to succeed until they do right right correct that is absolutely correct right but for some reason in the entrepreneurial space and the motivational space and the life space or whatever space you want to call it we we are comparing our behind the scenes to everybody else's movie we put all the beautiful things out yeah yeah right all of the things that look great but then we sort of go back to our closets and be like, ooh, that flyer don't look as cute as T's. Or, ooh, <laughs> that book cover don't look as good as, you know, Kiki Swanson. You know what I mean? So right. we sort of like these moments where we sort of don't embrace the fall. And, and, and that for me is, is step one. That is super important. And I can't emphasize that enough. I always yeah. try to tell people like, listen, I don't care if now you make a million dollars. I want to know how you made the million dollars. Come on here. I want to know what obstacles you went through. Like you said, like, was it a time where you were homeless? Was it a time where you didn't have no food in your refrigerator? Yeah. Was it was it a time where you was working five jobs at one time? Come I want to know what you did because yeah. I can't respect the entrepreneur that's not transparent. Come on here. I can't. And that for me, 
and and I'm sure we'll get into this in terms of my book later too. But that for me is is how I work with all of my comeback kids. Anybody that's gonna work with me that wants to write their story with me, I'm gonna tell them from jump, remove everything you ever thought about having to be successful because this is going to be painful. This is going to be a healing process and you're going to have to own some stuff that you probably have never had to before because that's what people want to know. They want to know what it is that you've sort of bounced back from that they can probably either relate to because it's easy to find the successful people, quote unquote. They're everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, but but it is those people who you don't necessarily hear about. Yeah, that is out here just like really making a name for themselves in the community that makes sense for them. Yep, that's the truth. Yeah. So I want to know who did you look up to as a kid? Did it change from child to adult? Mm-hmm. That's tough. Um, mentorship is 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 paramount, I think, in in any human's life. Um, the people that we all sort of look up to all have mentorship sometimes the problem i think comes in when you grow up in a neighborhood where your mentors are the the dope boys on the corner Mm. uh because that's all that's available right and and, you know miss monica who runs the store where you know people go get their 40s and you know whatever it is whatever alcohol beer that you know the 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 lovely people in the neighborhood get, right? Right. So mentorship was something that I didn't even know I needed until somebody found me. So my first mentor in high school, um, and I did not know my father. I didn't know my father until I was 22 years old. Wow. And and um, that in itself was a very interesting dynamic as well, uh, but I'll get to that later. Uh, but the first person that took an interest in me was Mr. Yardon Shabazz. And his his name is Dr. Yardon Shabazz now, but... um. Mr. Shabazz was my English teacher, and he was like, I think he had just graduated from college like two Are years you serious? prior. Wow. Um, <laughs> 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 like this, this, this teacher had either just finished either grad school or undergrad and just finished student teacher. Anyway, he was teaching in our high school. Okay. Mr. Shabazz was incredibly relatable and everybody wanted to like be in his class Uh, Um, he was fun and he was uh, all the girls liked him so he was like (laughs) you know super attractive and he was light-skinned and you know back in the 90s light-skinned guys were like they were in (laughs) they were in Hit people come with their finger waves and waterfalls all in Mr. Shabai's classroom. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Mr. Shabai's um, knew that I was I had a spark. I had always been passionate about telling people off because I'm an openly gay man, and I came out um, in my senior year in high school, uh-huh. um, which you know, Mr. Shabazz was my teacher, but he saw me during my freshman all the way up to my uh, junior year, because anybody that said anything out the way to me, I slapped them. There was like the energy. It was it. Like, I had to, you was not going to disrespect me. And I know that we're talking a lot right now about, you know, hyper-masculinity, particularly in the Black man space uh-huh. and Black fathers and all of those things, but, so it was, I remember 
being like, I will slap you and I can tell you off in ways that like make you like not want to say anything. And so Mr. Shabazz was like, we can turn that into something incredible. Like, what if you can use those oratorical skills to compete in like forensics debate competition? Right. And that's what he did. And so he turned something that 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 was I was good at telling you off, but I was using it for the wrong reasons. Gotcha. So Mr. Shabazz became my father figure and he um he was my, my forensics coach. Um he was already, you know, into English and so, you know, obviously speaking and oratorical, which is interesting because now my business has a lot to do there's there's a part of my business that I help people also get past their fear of speaking based off what I've always been good at, but that's different as well. So Mr. Shabazz was it and then I got to college. First generation college student. I, mm-hmm. You know, we grew up watching Cosby Show in a different world. Right? right. And so that to us was like the pinnacle of college. Now, mind you, in my house, my mom ain't graduate from high school because she was pregnant with me. And so there was no there was no examples. So I get to college with just a bag of clothes and walks into my room and I'm like, y'all forgot to set my room up. Where's my TV? <laughs> Where's the stuff that goes on the wall? Like, I'm really upset. And they're like, sir, where's your family? And I'm like, What? Wow. I I was supposed to bring this stuff. So that goes to show you how much I was prepared to go to school. And so um, then I had another mentor who I'm still into contact with today, um, Dr. Mark G. Henderson. We all have that one person who, no matter how many mistakes you've made, no matter how many times you've grown, no matter how many times people have said anything about you, they will always be in your corner. And Mr. And, and Dr. Henderson was that for me. And he just watched me fall on my face so many times and was always there to just be like, I'm a human and I'm going to help you get beyond this. So those are the two people um, outside of my my mama and my grandma <laughs> who oh. I always save for last because um, these are two incredibly, incredibly resilient Black women. And I believe 1,000% that my resilience comes directly from them. Um my mom is the only child, so I don't have any aunts and uncles or anything or okay. you know, cousins or, or stuff like that, which I've always wanted. But, um, you know, like I said earlier, my mom got pregnant with me and in and, and high school and had to figure it out. I mean, and just had to figure it out. And, and my grandma, who to this day is one of the most calmest, stress-free people that I've ever known. She's like in her late 70s and still working full-time. Like, How about that? <laughs> and I'm not talking about in an office. This woman is in the medical field, like, turning bodies over and things. Like, help, like, wow. In her late 70s. You understand? And so these two women are the impetus to me of, of what resilience is. And 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 I have a, a, a advocacy toward black women because of them um people like oprah winfrey and 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 madam cj walker and and the list goes on and on rosa parks michelle obama just black women and and these two women had no college education and figured it out right like figured out how we ate where we was going to live how to keep us safe how to feed themselves and did it with like zero money yeah yeah and never complained about it how about that not once 
So those two women are 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 my my examples, definitely. That is awesome. It's nothing like your mom and your grandma. Okay. Listen, <laughs> not when they both together, especially if your mama the only child. So you already know she's spoiled by her mama. Okay, how about that? <laughs> so the crazy. two of them together? Oh no! Okay, that is crazy. That yeah. is so wild. And I tell all, I tell people all the time, if I could get my mama back, Lord have mercy. I'm so she, sorry. She, 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 it, and it is okay. And I'm just so glad that my mom molded me in a woman that I am today. Like, if it wasn't for her, I'd probably be on my face trying to figure it out. Yeah, trying to figure yeah. it out. But yeah. you know, I was just so blessed to have her for 23 years. And she is she was just an amazing woman, always gave back to the community. Always mm. she was just such a just an amazing woman. Like, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. an amazing woman. And I had lost my grandmother in Ooh, 2015, because I lost my mom in 09, lost my grandmom in 2015, but I still have my great grandmother who will be 96 in May. And okay. she is nothing but a handful. Come on, great grandma. Yes. Come on here. Okay. And she's probably she, the cutest little thing. She, no, the cutest big thing because she ah. almost six feet tall. Ooh. And, yeah. She, Come on, mama. <laughs> she is. She is just an amazing woman, a woman of God, and will let you know that straight. Like first thing, like, do you yeah. know Jesus? That's the that's the conversation. That's it's it. not hello. It's not how you doing. Do you know do Jesus? You know God. Do you know? Do you because know him? I still got breath left in my body, and as long as I do, I'm going to ask you. I know that's right. You know him. Okay. I know that's right. Lovely. Yeah. Right. My, my 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 grandmother has the most like all of the most some of the golden nuggets that are in my book came from a lot of conversations that I had with my grandmother. Okay. Who, you know, said things to me like it is not what people call you, it's what you answer to. Yeah. Or uh Everybody has their own 24 hours. There's no such thing as having to worry about somebody else's thought of you because there's always a moment in the day where you're to yourself when nobody else matters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so like it's these these thoughts of, of and everything that you ever want already exists on Earth. You just got to go get it. Like nobody has to create it. You know, everything is in your mind to figure out the way to get to it. It's just like, ah, uh, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Love them. Anyway. <laughs> so our next question is what was your biggest challenge in order to get where you are today? And pretty much how did you overcome it? This is this is this is always a very tough question because I'm so excited about it. I'm excited about my storms because the intensity of my storms has no bearing on the blessing that came after it so mm. um one thing that i have that i can tell you with 100 percent certainty t and all of you all who will listen to this is whatever storm you are going through i don't care what the storm is there's not one storm that i can think of that that this is not true for but whatever storm that you're going through the blessing that comes on the other side of that will match the intensity of that storm times 10. Mm. So I had come to a point in my life uh, where I realized I was insecure about everything. Mm -hmm. I had never had a boyfriend, which today I'm like, 
I'm sort of glad that that's sort of still true. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a different conversation. Um, I I I never felt like I was attractive enough, uh-huh. masculine enough to have someone um, show an interest in me, and that permeated what I know now. Hindsight is twenty twenty, so you know that permeated in in everything that I did. I was overly active in things because I wanted to be seen. Gotcha. Um, I called everybody my best friend or cousin or whatever because I didn't have any. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was incredibly good at everything that I did, like competitions. I was in step teams. I was on the forensic teams, like I said earlier. I was in the band. I was. I was everything and I was on a double dutch team like winning championships because I wanted people to see me Mm -hmm. and then so sort of those dealt with issues sort of became bigger as I got older and those were the things that really shaped me to the person that I am today. It had gotten to a point where I lost my father in 2012 Mm. um, after only knowing him for 10 years. Wow. Um, I remember remember Ricky Lake and like (laughs) Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sally Jesse Raphael. I was on the Sally show. Not as (laughs) Not as no guest, just an audience member. Right, but like <laughs> these shows were doing these incredible moments where they were reuniting family members. Yeah, like, they were. Mm-hmm. It was like this big move to do that. And I was trying to figure out like, how can I, maybe I can get Oprah's help, which by the way, I'm going to meet Oprah one day. I am, just, I am too. She's going to be on this podcast, her and Michelle Obama. I'm claiming yeah, that. That's, mm-hmm. that's happening. Those mm-hmm. things are happening. So, you know, Oprah... Uh, had a show about reuniting fathers and I remember calling my mom and I you know asked her in 2002 if she had any information about him and um, she gave me his his mom's who's my grandmother's phone number and I called and my grandma was like we flying you up here and I met him and then it it hit me that all the insecurities and all the things that I struggled with was because of my dad and and because he struggled with them too Mm. And he was ashamed of not, you know, making the mistake of not reaching out to me. And, and that was a that was a mis- that was a big mistake in his life that he felt ignoring would make it go away. And then it was here it was in his face. Here I am 22 years later, which meant everything you do in the dark will come to light. Everything. Yeah, that's the truth. Everything. Um, so that was the first lesson there. And so all the things that I had been struggling with started to sort of bubble up. And now. I had to face my own demons and they sort of blew up in ways that I could never have imagined. Um, Publicly losing jobs over misunderstandings, Mm. working on a degree, a PhD actually, all the way up until I got defended and everything for it to be snatched away from me over another misunderstanding. Wow. Um, and then sort of everybody's opinions about me and how I didn't tell anybody about the struggle of my PhD, but I told everybody that I finished the PhD because that was my understanding. Yeah. Again, 
not understanding how to communicate that misunderstanding to people who I loved. And then it was so many people who were fans of mine that I didn't even know who my circle was. And so I had gotten in so deep to my own insecurities that I was faced with just me and God. Mm. And he took everything away in a way that he was like, I'm going to take all these people away from you. I'm going to take all these things away from you because this is not the path that I want you to go down. Mm. And I've been trying to tell you since you were like 20. I ain't listening. Yeah. (laughs) I ain't listening. Not living in my purpose. Not living in the moments where I was supposed to change a life because I was so selfish and trying to get people to like mine. Wow. And so it was all of those things that got me here. And so once all of that sort of happened and, you know, it's very interesting how the universe works because as soon as all of this sort of was transpiring, I had turned on Netflix and there was this, you know how Netflix be having these random things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the most random stuff. All the time. I turned, I turned on Netflix and um, there was these docu-series, if you will, mm-hmm. about people who were in like religious spaces, you know, pastors, bishops and things of that nature who just were sharing their stories about how they fell on their face publicly. Right. And how they got past it. And I was like, why would this be available just now? People like Shirley Chisholm, excuse me, Shirley Cheezer, uh, Caesar, uh, uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes, Eddie Long, uh, Kirk Franklin. Like these people were like, people that we look up to and they were talking about how they messed up and it was beautiful to watch and so then that was it I was like you know what I'm gonna write a book (laughs) (laughs) yes and it was (laughs) I'm just gonna write a book I don't know how it's gonna happen I don't know the ins and outs but I'm gonna do it and in three weeks comeback season was born wow wow so yeah, it it's incredibly satisfying to talk about now because there was a moment where I was so ashamed to talk about it. And um it is the reason why my like the my pain is the reason why so many people have been able to own theirs. Mm, yeah. Which for me is like now now I, now I get to vibrate at this very high energy because I'm living in my purpose. Yes. And it feels natural and it feels like the energy permeates even through social media. And to me, that that for me is the big win. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> well, shoot, while we talking about the book, you might as well tell everybody about the comeback season. Oh my gosh, man. Oh, comeback season is 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 my it's my redemption. It is it is a book. For those of you, for those of us that have been through trying times, and that's everybody who is listening to this podcast, but doesn't necessarily know how to use that as a foundational piece to your catapulting and your comeback season. So Comeback Season, The Untapped Art of Mastering Your Resilience is the name of the full book. It is literally a dichotomy, essentially, of my autobi- my autobiography and this self-help 
experience. And I, I try to stay away from self-help because I think that people have the ability to help themselves, but this yeah. is sort of tools that I use to get out of all of my situations. And so the way the book is written is that each chapter is a, is a storm. Gotcha. Starting with the most uh, minor storm, obviously going back to my childhood and all of that, but then the storms increase. But after each chapter, there are actual practical things that if you find yourself a little bit in any of that story, then this is how you can be come back from whatever situation you're going through. So whether that's financial, relationship, spiritual, uh, personal, entrepreneurship, whatever, there's a space for you to be able to come back from that. And to me, it's really teaching folks how to own the bad stuff. Yeah. Got to. Right. And so, you know, I'm blessed to be able to work a full time career, which I love, by the way, I love my career so much where I get to work with college students. But I also get to interview people for jobs who, who want to come into our, our field. And so one of the things I always want to know is tell me something that you've come back from. Because I want to know if things get rough in this position that you know how to keep your calm and that you know how to find the silver lining in the situation. I know you're going to come in here and sell me on like how incredible you are. Right. This is why you're here. We get that. Tell me something that doesn't make you incredible. Mm. Tell me the thing that you only talk to yourself about and how that impacts your work. Because it is that thing that for all of us, no matter what we do, it starts with a story. It starts with something that happened to you. There may be a billion books out here about self-help and resilience and things of that nature, but not one was written by me about my story right not one so comeback season is the book for folks who want permission to own the resilience the first thing i want people to know about me is that i'm resilient Mm -hmm. the first thing because it tells you that i come with great things and i also come with some things that has not been so great but i still am able to stand before you with the smile on my face And that is how or what this incredible book is about. So, yeah, you can get it on Amazon. Um, and it is also on my website, which I'll tell you about later as well. But Comeback Season is, is such an uh, incredible book. And today we've, we've sold um, over 2,000 copies. And to awesome. Me that, that's, that's incredible for a self-published, a self-published author. Yes, that is amazing. And of course, I wish you nothing but success with that. Thank you, T. Okay, so of course, you're author. So I'm sure you read. Yes. And (laughs) reading is just so essential in a way that we can learn. Uh Uh-huh. So do you have a current read? And can you offer your top three books? Woo! Ah! I am in round two of Michelle's Becoming... You said round two? Round two. I am on the second round of that that thing, man. Woo! (laughs) Oh! Michelle Obama's book is is for for, for people who want a mainstream resilience book, read that one. Mm. 
you know, for, for, for people who are looking for the face of resilience on a, on a global scale, you read Michelle Obama's Becoming. Do you understand that woman? Woo! She's sent from somewhere else. So uh, she sure I, is. She sure is. <laughs> I'm I'm reading that again. Um, currently, uh, there are three books that I, man, my library is just it's it's. I, I think I need some type of help because it's so <laughs> it's so vast. Um, my top three reads uh, makes me want to holler by Nathan McCall. Mm-hmm. Which is uh uh I would I would say Nathan McCall's makes me want to holler. It's sort of like the color purple to black movies. It's it's one of those books that you just if you identify as male and black that you must read. Mm-hmm. Nathan McCall's make me want to holler. The second book is um, Ebony and Ivy, which is an academic and informational book ebony and ivy talks about the barriers for people of color in higher education oh wow how the ivy leagues and how universities in america were were designed to keep education away from us in more ways than we anticipated particularly around this financial this financial part of having to pay fifty sixty thousand dollars a year for a, a degree that um, you may only get to get a job that pays you $30,000 a year. Wow. Right. And then sort of this idea that wealth and education and finance has only been set up for the elite. And what does it mean for us as people of color in higher education and, and getting um, beyond sort of where people think we should be? So Ebony and Ivy is the name of that book. And the last book um, is Between the World and Me by Tanashi Coates. And, you know, mm. that, <laughs> everyone, everyone yeah. <laughs> knows that book. Um, but it's very, so, just a, a mind-blowing book around identity and knowing yourself and being, uh, just knowing your, your world. And, and that, for me, has really shaped a lot of things. And I, I do have an honorable mention um, which is a book that a lot of people are really <laughs> kind of like, oh no, but it's Charlemagne's book. Um, that was a good book. It was a good book, right? Um, the the name is escaping me. Um, but Charlemagne's first book, it was it was really a good book, and it it was it was a book for 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 me that was surprising, and so um, it's an honorable mention on my list. But absolutely. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a resource that you use every day in life <laughs> or in business that you cannot live without? Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's two things. It's meditation and manifestation. Mm. Those two things, I just... I, I just they they must happen every day, whether if that's um, a, a five minute meditation or an hour meditation or a sixty second meditation, it happens every day. And then med- manifestation, I, I believe wholeheartedly in the law of attraction, and I think that it, it is definitely what the universe and God has put 
for us. He says it in the word that, you know, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Like that's yeah. in the word, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so even if that's not a book that you believe in, somebody thought about that when they wrote it all the way back then. So right. mm-hmm. we... <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we are still having the same conversation. And so manifestation has worked for me in, in, in ways as, and even in this year, even being on this podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, there was with manifestation. I what I do is I record every year. Every every year for each month of the year, I record what what is going to happen that month, and I listen to it before I go to bed three times a week. Hmm. I'm have to try that. And listen, and the reason why I do that is because I'm putting in my subconscious when I'm not when I'm not conscious of things, of my decisions and my choices. I want for that information to be back there so that it is natural for me to go toward whatever it is, those things that I said would happen that month. Um, and it has worked for me for the last two years. So this year, particularly this month, I manifested, I said, 10 things that will happen and five of them have already happened already. Awesome. So I can't, I can't live without manifestation. It is, it has worked every time. Um, and that for me, you know, when I go back to like manifestation and, and, and meditation, meditation includes prayer. Yes. Uh, and so in that moment I am connecting with my higher being that I worship and being grateful and thanking him and saying that, another moment of breath is in my body. And that means that there's an- another life that I'm supposed to touch. I'm a vessel. And so if I'm a vessel, I know that you're going to, you know, bless me. Yeah. There has been people who, who, you know, speak against, you know, my homosexuality and, you know, for folks who are religious, I get that, which is fine. But you tell that to the blessings he keep giving me. Yeah. If he don't, if he don't want me to be this way. Right. You tell that to, you know, the, the amount of opportunity that he is bestowing upon me because my relationship with him is mine. So yeah, those are the two things and the resource that I can't live without. Um, those are, those are sort of abstract resources. The physical one um, are, is my, is my comeback kids is the people who are in my circle who feed into me. Maya Angelou says this, take the people with you who love you unconditionally. Take yes. them with you. Take them with you into that interview room. Take them with you into that, that podcast. Take them with you to that social media post because it is those people that will make it so undeniable for people to take their eyes off you because you're not in there by yourself. That's right. That is absolutely so, true. It's my people. It's, it's, it's you, T. It's, it's 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 Kenny. It's 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 my it's my comeback kids, Marianne Clouster and 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 Cosette Leary, people who wanted to own their stories. Tamika Chapman, who wrote a book about PCOS and now has two beautiful children. When they told us she couldn't have children, mm. uh, uh, it's it's Lila Jones, who was a, a a survivor of domestic violence and wrote a book about finding the mermaid community. Literally wrote a best selling book about being a mermaid. Right. It is those people who I take with me who nobody gave an opportunity to hear. Amanda Iham, who, you know, is a woman from Jamaica who has been literally picked on by all people from all different types of people. I mean, all different races and socioeconomic backgrounds because she just wants to be successful and she's passionate about that. Mm. 
those are the people who I take with me and those are my resources. And so if you are able to be out here in the free world, you have resources. So do you have any events or projects coming up? <laughs> I, I figure I, I figure I ask, right? <laughs> oh, God, see, well, um, here, here's something that's exclusive for, for, for the, for all of you that are listening. Um, so next year I'm graduating with a doctorate degree. Okay. Come on here. And they said that I wasn't supposed to get it when, okay. Anyway, mm-hmm. so next year that's happening. And so this year I'm focusing on a lot of my, um, personal development services. So things that I am launching this year, um, one is the speaker development series, which I am, my God, so excited about. And the reason this is exciting to me, because there's a lot of people who are out here that are helping you doing content with your, your speeches. They're helping you do content development. They're, you know, putting you on speaker sheets. They're helping you find speech, speak, speaking engagements, things of that nature, but nobody's helping people train the speaking voice right who's helping you learn how to enunciate those words who's teaching you tongue twisters so that when you get in front of people people understand you from the front and the back who's helping you understand the science behind the fear of speaking understanding the small audience versus the big audience who should you focal put a focal point on so that you can get through a speech what are the emotional parts of your speech those are the things people are not doing so in this speaker development series that's what we want to tackle so that we can get beyond just the content. So that first cohort is now staying, still being enrolling. Um, we're going to launch our inaugural cohort in March so folk can um, get in touch with me and let me know if you're interested in that. Um, and then the thing that makes this all happen is my, my, my Comeback Kid book selling um, cohort. And so I have a... Uh, proven eight pillar proven cohort strategy that has produced now 10 now nine cohorts of best-selling authors nine that's awesome that's the bomb you're the bomb (laughs) (laughs) and and i listen and all i i am so blessed thank you so much t for that um so that is something that is ongoing. What I do is we have a four-week experience where, you know, we'll do a virtual four-week experience, you and I, um, and you get into a virtual class where you're learning about self-publishing your story. Mm. You are connected with a community of folks who we call the Comeback Kids. We all have a Facebook group. We support each other through everything that we do. Um you not only get the writing part of it, you get the framework of doing the self-publishing platform. You get the editing support, which, listen, that th- editing... That's important right there. <laughs> <laughs> editing, trying to find you an editor. Okay. I remember when I wrote Comeback Season, I, I, I spent a lot of money on a lot of these things, which I feel is important to have in one place. Um, you get a custom, professional, graphic design, interior book cover. Mm and back cover and social media makeover. You can get a website, a spark page, a stand-up banner. And I mean, the whole gamut, everything that you may need to be successful in owning your story and your book, you get in this cohort. And our comeback kids have written their books in four weeks or less. There have been comeback kids who needed some more time and that's okay, but you still get that support. Once you're a comeback kid, you're always a comeback kid. Wow. So um, if you see the things that, um, 
that I produce on my social media, I'm always talking about my kids, man. They are so amazing. Uh, just all you can see the quality of the things that they're doing. And so, um, yeah, so those are the two things that we got going on. Um, and then lastly, I have um, the Resilience Project, which is more of a deep dive into some one-on-one -on -one stuff. And this is not to say that, you know, any type of therapy or anything, I'm not doing that. Um, but the Resilience Project is just the first step of being like, hey, I just want a safe space to be able to say the things that I need to say. And how can I bounce back from that? Right. And so I work one-on-one -on -one with folks during the Resilience Project. So that, that that's not necessarily in a cohort-based uh, model, but more so... Um, hey, like let's let's figure out how you can use your story to catapult your business. Oh, that's awesome! I love mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So, how can our listeners find you on social media? Woohoo! So yeah, listen, I'm on Insta I'm on the gram. I am on the gram. You can find me at KJ Speaks Easy K J S P A. Excuse me, S P E A K S E A S Y. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook. I'm Kenny Jones, T and I are friends. And yes, we are always, uh, supporting each other. And so please find me there. Um, or you can go to my website, kjspeakseasy.com. Same on Twitter. Um, and uh, I'm also on Snapchat, KJ Speaks Easy as well. So yeah, come and find me so we can all chat and, and, and get to know each other. I would love to connect. So before we go, is there anything else you would like to say to our listeners that you feel would be valuable in bossing up? Zora Neale Hurston, this is the quote that is at the core of my business. Bossing up is all about knowing where you've come from and going beyond that platform. As T says, bossing up is literally bossing up, ensuring that you are owning the things that is yours. You're the you're the boss of your own story. So Zora Neale Hurston says the, this quote: "If you are silent about your pain, they will kill you and say that you enjoyed it." Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Jesus of Nazareth. I'm gonna say that again. If you are silent about your pain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed it. Oh, man. <laughs> that is at the core of everything that I do in my business. So find you somewhere that is your core and always grow from that. And always return to that because bossing up is about returning to your core and catapulting from that space. I agree 100%. <laughs> I agree 100%. <laughs> Well, I wish you great and much success in everything that you're doing now in the future. You. you are going to be, we're going to see you on the screen, honey. You're going to oh! be on the screen. Thank you. You're going to be on the screen. And we all going to be out here. Telling me that, my mama has been telling me that since I was like four. You're going to be out here. She said, I'm, we gonna, she's like, baby, your name going to be in lights. I never knew what she meant. And the funny thing is that she'll and she'll when I listen when I send her this episode she's gonna laugh because uh, she also has always told me to fix my face because my face is <laughs> always she must know me too because I do the same thing. <laughs> we working on it though, T. We'll get there. We'll get there. Man, Thank so you. it's, it's Thank hard, you, but you are going to be amazing. Everything that you do, and I hope Thank all you. of our listeners had their notes out. 
and okay. taking down some good nuggets because you dropped some good nuggets today. Thank you, sis. I appreciate it. And I and I also 100% want to commend you, T. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank on you. On this incredible venture. It is going to be successful. It's already successful. Yes, it is. We're three episodes in. There's people who are still thinking about starting a podcast. How about okay. that? How about that? People be hitting me up all the time. T, what you do? How you do this? How you do that? No, first you just need to figure out why you want to do it. Come on. Why you want to so- do it? I commend you, T. What you are doing is incredible. We are all here supporting you, whatever you need. Uh, thank you for having me as a guest on your show. I am looking forward to all the things that you have coming up. I'm looking forward to all of it, all of it, all of it. So thank you again. Yes. Yeah, so I want to thank all my listeners for listening in today on this episode of Purposely Bossing Up. And I want to continue to tell you to boss up with purpose. Mm. Mm. Ain't nothing to it. Real one. Ain't nothing to it. Boss. Thank you for listening to this episode of Purposely Bossing Up. Continue to keep bossing up with purpose. Ain't nothing to it. Real one. Ain't nothing to it. Boss. Ain't nothing to it.